it all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. Today, my CEO guest is Todd Marksbury. Todd has served the Canvas Credit Union family as the President and Chief Executive Officer since June of 2015. Through his charisma and love for the credit union movement, his customers and his people, assets have grown more than 59% during his tenure. They now serve over 240,000 family members, an increase of more than 40% since he joined in 2015. Prior to joining Canvas, Todd served as the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer at Delta Community Credit Union in Atlanta, Georgia. In addition to overseeing the health and heart of the Canvas family, he actively serves on the board of several prominent credit union industry partners. He has his business degree from Eastern Kentucky University, having grown up in the Florence, Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Todd Marksbury, welcome into the corner office. Hi, Brent. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Great to have you here uh, on a sunny, bright morning in Connecticut. It's uh, actually snow still outside, but it looks like spring's on its way. How is it where you are today? I'm looking out my window and I see the beautiful Colorado Front Range. I see nice. snow on the top of the peaks, but um, it's it's beautiful. We're ready. We're ready for spring and summer here. Is <laughs> the ski season already over, or are people still enjoying the slopes? We've had a, a lot of snow uh, this winter, and so uh, I think they're gonna we're gonna have some good good uh, skiing still. Awesome. Listen, Todd, I'd like to start uh, kind of a little bit about the early years, and uh, I uh, I don't think you grew up in Colorado. I know we had a planning call, but why don't you tell us a little bit about those early years? You know where you grew up and what your early family life was like. Absolutely, I grew up in in. Uh, little town called Florence, Kentucky. So just right. outside of, of Cincinnati, Ohio, on the Ohio River. My family is still there. My parents uh, uh, are fortunately still still with us, and, and all my nice. siblings and nieces and nephews are still there. I graduated from Eastern Kentucky University, so down in the middle part of the state, uh, way back in the mid-'80s. And uh, have have in that time, I've lived there. I've lived in Cincinnati. I've lived in Miami and New York City and Wisconsin and Atlanta <laughs> and and now I'm I'm here in uh, the the unbelievably beautiful Colorado. 
Sounds like a wonderful place. And I actually know Florence well. I think if you recall from my background, I was Procter & Gamble for about eight years. And two and a half, three of those years were in Cincinnati. So uh, drove through Florence a lot, uh, going to and from the airport for the most part. But actually had some friends that just loved outside. Lovely little community. What, what was your early family life like? What did mom and dad do, brothers and sisters? Thanks for asking. My... Um my dad uh, is a retired policeman. My my mother was a, a waitress uh, growing up. Uh, we had a uh, a very very uh, modest upbringing. Um, we, I think, I lived. It's interesting. Uh, up until the sixth grade, um, home was always a, a, a series of apartment complexes. So <laughs> I did. That's the way we we very very modest uh, upbringing, yeah. but uh, unbelievable parents. Just, uh, you know, it was about work ethic and consistency and, you know, working hard and nobody owes you anything uh, type of upbringing. Brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters. Yeah, I have a a young, I'm the oldest, so I have a younger sister uh, and then uh, two brothers as well. Nice. And and what were some of the, you know, early things that you remember that mom and dad taught you? You know, it sounds like obviously working hard was one. Uh, Any other lessons that you kind of take from your childhood? Well, you know, we joke here, the, the, the folks at, at Canvas have heard me say this, you know, we, we don't take sick days. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is um, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we went to school every single day. Uh, right. I, in my 12 years, I think I, I missed three days. One time I had the mumps and uh, the other two days we actually, it was because we had moved. And so, um, you know, and then I think my, my other siblings never missed in 12 years. So wow. it was, it was about showing up, showing um, doing up, yeah. good, good work, hard work and, and, uh, being very consistent. Sounds like those have been lasting lessons for you. Absolutely. Any other early influencers, you know, was there uncles, aunts, uh, coaches along the way that you had, uh, you know, a special relationship with, or that you learned things from? No, not, 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 not really. It was, you know, huge influence from my dad. Um, just, uh, you know, my hero and still is. And, and, uh, you know, he worked hard every single day as a policeman and, and like many or most policemen, he'd, he'd, he'd finish his shift and, and then, uh, he'd come home, he'd eat real quick, he'd change. And then he went off to go do various, uh, off duty detail, you Mm -hmm. know, whether he's working at, you know, policing around a McDonald's or at a high school football game or in a, right. at a department store. Uh, you know, just, I, I watched him and, and, but yet he never missed any of my games and, uh, he was always around and he was always available to, you know, throw ball with me and things like that. Holy you know, athletics were a big part of our life, but yeah. yeah, he was, he was the primary, he was the one that I looked to for everything. That's awesome. And, uh, how, how long was he a police officer his whole career? 30 plus years. Great, great. He, did he recently retire? Or has he been retired for some time? He retired about ten years ago, and yeah. and now he's a uh, he retired, and he's a federal agent at oh. the or a federal marshal rather at the uh, federal courthouse there in Cincinnati. Okay, got it, got it. Does that part time or is that a full time? It's a full time thing. I wow. I wish that it was part. I wish he would just retire, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if he knows anything other than working hard. Well, you know, some people need to keep working. That's maybe may not be a bad thing for him, Todd. It, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> what about your early school years? Were you a good student? Uh, I was a I was a good student. I, I um, part and parcel to the the whole thing that you show up on time is that you right. also work your tail off and um, 
you know, making good grades were, uh, it, it was understood or implied in our household. The cool thing growing up in Cincinnati, I grew up in this, you know, went to school in the seventies, uh, yeah. when Cincinnati Reds, the big red machine were, they were, uh, the baseball team. And it was a he really runs. cool thing. The Cincinnati <laughs> Reds used to always have, uh, this, this program where you would get free tickets for straight A's. And oh. so as a as a uh, uh, a young boy growing up in in the greater Cincinnati area, man, you had to go see the Big Red Machine. So sure. you know, I had the I had the motivation from my parents, but also the motivation that I wanted to go see Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and Joe <laughs> Morgan right. and all those guys play. So I what worked really era. really hard to get straight A's. So I was a, I was a pretty good student. Now, is that something the Reds organization did with all the local schools, or did the school do it and buy the tickets? No, it was what the Reds did for oh. all the local schools. It was a really cool. They had a. That's great. They had two things, and actually, they played well. They were uh, played well to to how we grew up in our household. They gave you tickets for straight A's, and they gave you tickets for perfect attendance. And nice. so, I, I I was able to check both of those boxes a lot of <laughs> times. Well, I can imagine the motivation around that. What was the name of the owner? Was it Marge Schott? Wasn't that her name? Oh, Marge Schott was was later. She was, but was it, when I was growing up in the seventies, Marge what didn't own. Uh, she and her husband didn't own the the Reds okay. back then. I can't remember who owned, but yeah, yeah. she in the late seventies uh, into the eighties, she and her husband bought the the Reds. Okay, that's that's the period I remember because I lived in Cincinnati in the mid eighties, and she was quite a character. She was very colorful. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. What about sports for you? Did you play baseball or are there other sports you're engaged with, Todd? I did. I played uh I played baseball, uh, basketball, football, and ran nice. track, but my football was my thing. And then in yeah. high school, um, I ran track as well. And then in fact I I ended up running um going to Eastern Kentucky University to run track. Oh, cool. Cool. So you lettered in high school with it, I presume? I did. Or multiple letters, and and what uh, when you ran track in college? What what were your events? I was uh, uh, 110 meter high hurdles and 400 meter um, intermediate hurdles. So I, uh -huh. I ended up being my my specialty in co college was 400 meter hurdles outdoors. Okay. And did you run track all four years? I didn't. I actually yeah. uh, I ran two years, and and then I I, I discovered my passion for music. Uh -huh. And that I could make money while I was in college singing. And uh, I, I decided that I, I wanted to make some money while I was in college. But not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, were, were you involved in music earlier on or that's something that came later in life? No, no I, I, was, I was always involved. We were a very musical yeah. family. And, and my, my mother was, is, is still just a, a really wonderful singer. And, uh, I, I did it, you know, starting at about junior high and all the way through high oh. school. And then when I, when I went to college, of course, to, to be in the, I was in the school of business and, and running track, but right. I, I actually was doing, you know, all the musical theater things and, uh, show choir and, yeah, uh, while great. I was in, in college. And then I figured out that I could actually make money in the summer <laughs> doing shows at places like Kings Island. Wow, that's great. So, so um, were you involved in like a church choir as well, or was it all school related dramas and so forth? No, it was church choir as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Excellent. And uh, gosh, being a college athlete, I know that's a lot of hard work. Our youngest uh, rose uh, at her college and did it all the way through high school. And you've got to be really dedicated, particularly keeping your grades up as well. Were you able to do that in college too? Keep those straight A's? <laughs> I was. I, I, I think, I don't know if I, it was straight A's, but uh, I will say that there was one particular semester that uh, it was the first semester of my sophomore year when I was you know, obviously I had class and I, I uh, was in all the shows there at school and I was running track, but I discovered a fraternity. And so that yeah. particular semester, I think I leaned more towards uh, my activities, aspect. my effort on for the fraternity. So <laughs> that was probably my um, my uh, weakest moment in terms of, of my grades. And it, but I'm, I'm so yeah. I don't like to lose. So I, that following semester, I had a bad semester and that following semester, I I. I chose to, I didn't fail any classes, but I chose to repeat those classes because I was so, I was so angry at myself for, I think I got C's or something like that. And I was not happy with that. What about entrepreneurial uh, things? You know, did you do any of those when you were growing up, either for earning pocket change, you know, the ubiquitous uh, paper route or other types of things that keep you busy during the I didn't when I was growing up, and because we, I, I was always active in sports. I did right. have summer jobs starting in, in junior high, but I will say that once I got to college, and and I was you know running track and, and had classes, and I was doing the music thing. Um, I actually uh, was always I always had a side hustle, if you will, as far as <laughs> trying to make a little bit of pocket change. I uh, sold uh, there in Richmond, Kentucky, where Eastern Kentucky University is. I. Uh, a fraternity brother, an older fraternity brother came one day and said, Hey, listen, there's this new thing called cable and we can go door to door and sell cable mm-hmm. television in Richmond, Kentucky. And, and so I, I just remember it was things like that where I'm like, Hey, sure. w- what is that? Well, here's what cable is. And right. we, we can make money. Yeah. You'll, you'll make commission. commission so I walked only, yeah. door to door selling cable television in Richmond, Kentucky to, for a little bit of extra change. I bet that taught you a little bit about customer service as well. It it did. And cold calling. <laughs> cold calling. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know what I didn't know back then, Brant. So I I I was willing to talk to anybody. Well, that's good. That's a good. That's a good skill to develop. What about some of the um, jobs during? Uh, so was that during high school or was that during college? That was during college, and okay. I, I will say too on the entre- it wasn't necessarily entrepreneurial, but um, I, when my wife and I. Uh, first got married uh, back in uh, 1992 and I was living in Miami. Um, I actually was, uh, uh, we had our first child and I, at the time I was, I was actually singing full time and, and traveling around the world doing shows. And I decided, wow, I, I, I actually can't do that and have a family. So I was doing that and I got a job at a credit union and I was also cleaning pools on the side and I was hanging Christmas decorations for another company. (laughs) And, and so I think, and my wife was the same. She had a couple jobs. So we had like six jobs at the same time when we, you know, 27 years ago. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's how it's done. And it's pretty interesting. You know, we've done, gosh, almost 60 of these uh, CEO interviews. And you'd be, probably you wouldn't be surprised that so many of our CEOs have had that type of entrepreneurial bent, you know, whether it's pocket change or, you know, just helping to pay the bills. Um, you kind of do what it takes and do what's necessary. So it sounds like you've got a great partnership there. It's interesting. I, I you know, most, as you've probably figured out more than most folks, but uh, most folks who are sitting in 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 this seat 
Um, it, it wasn't handed to them. That's um, right. You know, they, they probably had to do a lot of different things over the years. Some they liked and a lot they didn't, <laughs> but that's part of, uh, part of the lessons of life. Um, you went to college, you stayed in Kentucky. Tell us a little bit about how you went about uh, picking that college and, and what you decided to study. Sure. I, you know, it really came down to sports. I, you know, ha- as I had mentioned early on, my, my father being a policeman, my, my mother being a, a waitress as I was growing up, the, you know, we didn't have really, we didn't know any better. I didn't know we right. didn't have money, but we didn't have money. Did either of them go to college? Neither of them did. Yeah. So you were the first in your family. I was the first one yeah. uh, to, cool. to uh, go to college. They really didn't have, they were very, very supportive, but my, my path to college was going to be through sports. And right. I played, uh, I did pretty well in high school in football and track. Uh, and, and so towards the end and, you know, trying to determine where to go, it wasn't, I went where the, the best opportunity to be able to, to earn um, even just a little bit of scholarship money, sure. uh, that was going to be where I was going to go. And so I, I ended up, I wanted to play football. That was my true passion. Um, but uh, you know the, there weren't big offers in terms of scholarship offers. There were some there were some offers, but they were offers to smaller schools that were um, uh, private and and incredibly expensive. Right. And I remember my dad and I took a, a visit to uh, it was Georgetown College down in Georgetown, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and it was they just really wanted me to come and play football there. And we went through, and it was I think the the uh, campus was about two blocks by two blocks. And, and, um, and, you know, was, they were really excited about having me come down and play ball down there. And, and, uh, you know, we, we looked at the campus, my dad and I, and they were so gracious to us. And, and then we got back in the car to drive back up towards, uh, um, Cincinnati. And, you know, we just started, he goes, I don't think you like that very much. Did you? I said, they were really great. I said, but dad, we can't, he goes, we can't afford to send you here. This, this is not. And so I ended up, uh, I had a really great senior spring season in track and, and, uh, you know, the opportunities were pretty abundant That's right. and Eastern Kentucky was, you know, it was close enough to home, but far enough away. And, uh, you know, they really, they were great. It was a great campus. And so that's why I ended up going to Eastern Kentucky. I kind of knew that I was going to, um, you know, I first, when I first got there, uh, English, I was really excited about English and, and I ended up, um, choosing a major, my first semester of English. And, you know, I took all my Latin classes and all those things and I loved it and, and excelled, but I thought, wow, how am I going to make money with an English degree? <laughs> Realization. So uh, I, I ended up shifting. I thought maybe I'll go to law school. And I thought, okay, if I want to go to law school, maybe the foundation would be the school of business. And so right, Eastern, right. Eastern Kentucky had a, a, a really good business school. So right. that's, that's where I landed. And I ended up finding, uh, becoming passionate about marketing and advertising. So I ended up getting mm-hmm. my degree in advertising. And what was the first job you took out of college? First job out of college, interestingly, my 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 um, objective was. You said you worked at Procter and Gamble. Was I, you know, with my degree in advertising, that I was going to go back up to Cincinnati and conquer the advertising world by way of Procter and Gamble. There you go. Yeah. But uh, towards you know my at the end of my sophomore year, I did discover that I could make money in the summers uh, singing at places like Kings Island. 
in Cincinnati. Yes. And, yeah. and so I ended up the last couple, three years of my college career, um, worked my, you know, paid for college doing shows. And so I did a couple of yeah. shows with uh, USO shows overseas and, and other oh, things. Cool. So by the time I was about ready to graduate and uh, with my degree in marketing and advertising and, and head back up to Cincinnati, I got my first contract offer for a show. And so I, I remember talking to my parents and my dad was like, well, you are going to come back and, and actually work for <laughs> A real, a real job, right? I said, yes. <laughs> but I get a chance to travel around the world for a little bit and, and make money doing it. And so I ended up taking a job doing a show, uh, a touring show. And, and um, funny enough, I ended up doing that for about eight years. Oh, you're kidding. So which uh, organization were you affiliated with? Was it an independent production company or... In that kind of business, you typically are working, you know, if you have an agent or you don't have an agent, but you're, you're, you're working for production companies. And so at that time it was just a production company that, that actually produced shows for the department of defense, you know, USO shows, and then also shows for Procter and Gamble or general motors or general mills. That's great. Well, you know, I, I, mentioned Proctor, but I also worked for Disney for a decade and I worked in the consumer products area, but I was overseas and we did a lot of live shows. So I was, you know, doing touring shows. We actually did a touring theme park, which led to Hong Kong Disneyland. That's another story. But, uh, you know, I know enough to be dangerous in that area. And I'll tell you, the kids that we were able to bring in that toured those shows, they just had a blast. You know, we sent them all over the world and it was a great group of folks. And boy, that must have just been a great time of your life. Wonderful. Yeah, it was a great experience, and especially when you're single. Yeah, right. <laughs> See the world. <laughs> you're going to pay me to travel around Europe for the next three months? <laughs> Are you kidding awesome. me? <laughs> so did you take on any management responsibilities in that, or were you just, you know, uh, more part of the part of the cast, so to speak, during that period? You know, that's a great question. Early on, uh, for those first few years, I was, uh, I was very fortunate. I, I was um, typically the principal and, and later on uh, towards the, the la- you know, in the last couple of years, I began to the production companies that I was working for. And there were uh, several of them and, you know, kind of repeat, uh, they would always call me for their shows, um, towards the end when I, I decided that, wow, I, I, we have a little boy and I, and I have to actually maybe have to use my degree and, and get insurance and have a real job. They began to ask me whether or not I, and I, you know, leadership wise. And so I actually um, was, was uh, the principal in some of those shows, but also yeah. the director and the choreographer oh, cool. towards the yeah. end. So those are really some early management experiences. They then. were, the, well, the director gig in particular, yeah, it, yeah. it, it uh, forced me to look at things a little bit differently. Sure. Any lessons from those early management years? People are messy. <laughs> I like that. Todd Marksbury, people are messy. <laughs> people are, uh, you know, that, that you really have to pay attention to, you know, figuring out how to inspire hearts and minds. And, and sure. well, particularly with a bunch of young kids, what was the average age, like 19, 22? Uh, by this time, the average age was probably early twenties. Uh, right. most of the folks who I was working with, I was, you know, 25, 26, 27 years old. And I was working with 19, 20, 21 year old kids. Sure. 
And were most of them graduates or, or were there kids that kind of, you know, pursued this as uh, coming out of high school or what have you? Uh, most of them were, were uh, in college at that time, right. if not right. just getting out of college. They, they were at that, in a, um, a phase of their performing and uh, performing careers that where I was probably three, four, five years before that, trying to work their way through college, trying to figure out, you know, most of them had already determined they wanted to be on Broadway or they wanted wow. to work on cruise ships. And so we did that for about eight years. Uh, what was the quote unquote, as your dad would say, the real job <laughs> you took when you came back? The real job was when we were, we were, um, we had just gotten married. We were based, base camp was Miami, Florida. I had, I, I was doing shows and I was sort of traveling, uh, different places around the country and, and overseas. Did you do cruise ship shows? Uh, Miami. I did do cruise ship shows yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and so it you know that um that defining moment if you will was when we had our son. He'll be 27 this year and and nice. I remember, you know, I've told the story many times but you know, I we um we had uh, our son. I was home for a couple of weeks with my wife and, and my son. And, and then I had to jump on a plane and go overseas for about six weeks. Oh boy. And it was, I, I literally was on a plane, uh, taxiing out of, you know, coming out of Miami. Uh, we, the, the wheels were barely up. I'm over the water. And I remember <laughs> looking out the window and saying, uh, I'm out. I don't what know. I, I, I can't do yeah. this. And yeah. so when I got back to, when I got back stateside, I ended up calling, uh, all the different people, agents, et cetera, and just said, Hey, listen, I, I have about six months, uh, commitments and I'm out, um, yeah. after that. And so a buddy of mine who I was, I was also ma- playing in a band in Miami and he said, Hey, I, I, you know, our credit union is hiring and I'm, I had to, you know, give me a refresher credit union. What, you know, and he explained <laughs> and, and all he simply said was, is, Hey, we have good insurance. And so I ended up um, applying for a job at the credit union in Miami, and I got the job. And oh. you know, it was an entry level type of position. It was an entry level position in the yeah. in the uh, in the loan department, and it was it was a bit of a sales job. They were beginning to um, create a, a sales type of of uh, a structure and environment in their um, in their lending area, and. You know, they hired, if you think about this 27-year-old song and dance guy to come in and help them sell <laughs> insurance products uh, attached to their loan, you know, a auto risk. And, and I ended up having, a, you know, within probably just a, six months, some pretty good success and the good CEO, such that the CEO, I think he was looking at reports from what I understand. He was looking at reports one day and saying, what, what's... There's this one, and I worked out of who one is this branch. guy. <laughs> I said, who is what? Why is this branch suddenly off the charts on sales? And they said, well, there's this guy we hired, and he was a singer. And and he said, what? <laughs> he called me into his office, uh, true story, one day, and just said, you know, he shook my hand. It's super good guy, and tell me your story. And I told him my story, and and he ended up. Um, creating a sales position for the company and to, to go out and sell the benefits of membership for our credit union to companies in Miami, in South Florida, rather, Dade Broward and Palm Beach counties. And he said, I want you to do that. And he, he I got a, um, a little tiny raise, which by this time we had another baby 
So yeah. we had a toddler and a baby and, and I got a company car, a Ford Taurus. It was awesome. Nice. And a, and a flip phone. <laughs> I remember those days. And, and so, you know, he put me out there and he began to really, most importantly, began to invest in me and really teach me about leadership and things like that. He just, he, he, you know, he carved out time to, you know, at least a couple times a week when I would see him to, to just ask me how things were going. And he would always impart these, um, uh, you know, tidbits of wisdom and, 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 and actually, uh, it just sort of set me on a course. I, I, I thought, wow, this is just a temporary job. And now yeah, I'm 26 yeah. years later, I'm still working in credit. Tell me a little bit about the hiring manager that took a risk on a, you know, 27 year old <laughs> performer that, you know, had his degree, but, you know, it spent the eight last eight years kind of traveling the world that, that was a, that was a big risk for that person. What, what, what was it that you think he saw in you? Or she? Uh, I don't know if it was a big risk. I think yeah. they were trying to fill a job in the <laughs> loan department and right. they were paying $18,800. So I don't know if it was. It wasn't a huge risk for them. Um, and I, I think that it, it, whoever that hiring managed, I don't even remember who it was, but I think yeah. that they were really, they looked at attitude. They probably looked at work yeah. ethic, um, probably uh, sensed a bit of uh, energy in somebody like myself. And, and so it wasn't probably- And they needed to fill the role. They needed to fill the role. <laughs> and it probably wasn't a huge risk. They likely ended up looking pretty good, I guess, a few months later. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I think I was probably just fortunate to have somebody, a hiring manager who thought a little bit outside the box. And then the CEO really becoming a mentor for you as well. Absolutely. So fast forward today, you've been a canvas, uh, this is your first CEO position, correct? It is. And so in the industry, 27 years and how long have you been at canvas? So I have been, I started in the industry 26 years ago. I've been at Canvas for three and a half years. I started in June of 2015. And you came in as CEO, is that correct? I did. Right. So you were at the previous credit union before coming over. I was at the credit union for 16 years. I I was at that point, I had been in the industry for about 20 years. So at at 16 years at a credit union in Atlanta, Georgia. And actually, um, I, I had, uh, I ended up leaving that credit union. I was, mm. I was a little bit, um, I would say discouraged or, uh, uh, you know, I was looking at the credit union industry and I'm like, I'm 20 mm. years in, I'm not sure if I want to stay within this industry. Right. I've, I did have that entrepreneurial juice that was flowing a little bit yeah. and I ended up, um, um, being recruited by a startup company based out of, uh, uh, over in Silicon Valley. And I thought, oh. Hey, maybe, maybe I'm going to try that. And that was outside the industry. This was outside the industry, yeah. but, yeah. but sort of, um, tangential. We were, right. the company Financial was actually services. selling into the industry. And so I thought, let me go try that. And, and mm. I ended up staying with that company for two years and, and, you know, funny enough was you know, we were selling directly into the credit union industry. I had the opportunity to still work with all, um, all the folks that I had known for 20 sure. plus years. And so I was with them for a couple of years. And then one day somebody called me and, and within the credit industry and said, Hey, listen, are you looking for anything? And I said, no, I'm not. No. Well, are you listening? I'm always <laughs> listening. <laughs> good, good second question. It was, it was. And, and it was this, this particular opportunity, wow. the CEO job. And so it, it was just, it was meant to be. Tell us a little bit about Canvas, you know, your, your current uh, scope of operations. I recall from our call a couple of weeks ago, it sounds like you've been going through some expansion. 
Yeah, that's that's putting it mildly. <laughs> so I when I got here three and a half years ago, very great. It was a very strong organization. We were about a billion and a half in assets, and and um, had been here in in for seventy seven seventy seven year old credit union serving wow. uh, folks here in Colorado. But we were I was um, um, taking over for a CEO who had been here for thirty six years, and wow. and so. Gosh. When I got the opportunity to really dive into the organization, it was it became very apparent that we were in desperate need of updating a lot of technology. We okay. hadn't probably been paying attention to our our people for a good many years. So you know the the tools and resources that they needed to be successful in in serving our members and one another needed a fresh set of eyes. It sounded like needed a fresh set of eyes, and yeah. so we just began to dive into that. And it wasn't just technology, but it, we, we began to really work on the culture and, you know, giving, um, it, it, as I've always said, what I saw in the eyes of our, at that time, 260 employees, we have 550 now, but what I saw wow. in their eyes was just, they were starving for, um, someone to share a vision and, and they were starving for purpose. And, and so yeah. we began, we cast a vision and, and began to, to, to go around and talk about their purpose and as far as serving our members and serving one another. And, and then, Oh, by the way, we're also going to slap a fresh coat of paint on our branches and, yeah. and we're going to, you know, give you tools and technology that, that really is, is relevant and, and, um, you know, will help you be successful. And so we began, we started to go down this path and, um, and really work on our people and, and that yeah. culture. And so here we are three and a half years later, we've Doubled the size. Wow. Just about doubled in size and, and uh, doubled in size in terms of in our employees. Right. We've begun to, over these past two years, the investments that we've been making in the communities in which we serve have been significant. We rebranded the organization. Right. We used to be called Public Service Credit Union. Now it's Canvas Credit Union. And, you know, we, we've just, uh, we feel like we've, we've activated in an army here, you know, 550 employees who are just completely jacked up about. And so, you know, they're, they've, they're, you know, they're drinking the Kool-Aid as we say, we say it in a nice way. <laughs> they're really excited about what we're doing as an organization. And it's not perfect by any means. Um, you know, they don't, they don't, uh, we just did a survey. Uh, we, we were just named the great place to work, which was a, a pretty exhaustive process. But, uh, you know, it's based on, a, on the feedback that, that our employees provided uh, about who we are and what we're about. And, and you know, when I, I got a chance a few days ago to take a look at uh, the comments that our employees anonymously uh, made about our organization and who we are and our culture and things like that, it just, you know, get, you kind of... And, and you cover the whole state of Colorado? Or are you only in a, in a portion? What's your, your ge geographic uh, footprint? Our reach is right here on the front range. So we have... Okay. We can serve folks from along the, the the front range, which is on the east side of the mountains, uh, from Fort Collins all the way down to Colorado Springs, which is really where all the population, the right. primary population centers are. And and so we have 26 branches. We have wow. uh, five branches that we're working on and built. We'll be building here in these next several months. So pretty pretty far reaching as far as who we can serve. Awesome. 
And, um, you know, I know credit unions aren't the same as banks. They're typically formed as nonprofits, right? Or, or is yours a little different? How is it? What's the structure? No, that's great that, that you would know that. We're not-for-profit member-owned right. financial cooperatives. Member right. Cool. And so your memberships expand too, I presume. Yes, right. absolutely. You know, one of the, th- the cool things we've been uh, up in Fort Collins, uh, we, my, my predecessor who just, again, did phenomenal things to build our, our organization about 10 years ago, he, he took our credit union up into the Fort Collins market, which is where Colorado right. state university is probably 80 miles North of, of our corporate office. But, uh, last year we, we formed a 15-year partnership with Colorado State University mm-hmm. so that we could serve their 250,000 alumni, their you know, close great. to 40,000 students, and, and several yeah. thousand uh, faculty. Actually, expi- we were already there, but I tell you that in that it really has expanded our opportunity to serve more people and, as we say, help them afford life. Well, Todd, um, you know, <laughs> you've had an amazing career. I mean, the eight years in entertainment, I was not even aware of until the call. And I, I'm glad we didn't talk too much because that's such an interesting foundation. And then, of course, working for a credit term, a credit union long term, did the startup. And now, of course, with Canvas, how would you say your leadership styles evolved over that time? Well, I would say it, it, what, what has happened is, is early on in my career when I was with the credit union in Atlanta, uh, I, I was. I was moved into, or, or I was given additional responsibilities very, very quickly. And, you know, probably at the age I joined that credit union in, in Atlanta, probably at 30, 31 years old. That was the second one you were That with, was right? the second After, credit yeah, union. Yeah, and right, and right. Um, we did some pretty amazing things just within the first year. And then my CEO began to just sort of give everything to me. And so by, you know, early thirties, I was the, the chief operating officer there. And what I would say is, is I was, I, I felt like I was leading people well, but I, I always tell the story where I, I felt like I jumped higher and ran faster than everybody. And so, you know, I, <laughs> you begin to sit and think, you know, I'm leading my people well, but man, the old man up top, I can do this better than him. Mm. And, and you, um, you, you lack humility at that point, you know, and, and, um, and, and I think for me, I had, I had achieved success pretty, uh, early on and, and pretty quick, you know, very, very quickly. And again, you begin to read, I always say you read your own press clippings, you know, you're like, wow, I'm pretty good at this stuff. <laughs> and, and I think that, um, you know, you, you begin to realize later on, wow, I, I don't, run faster than everybody and jump high. You know, there are people who do, you know, are so much better than I am. And, you know, I would say the number one thing that I learned over the years um, that led me to the point of being, you know, given this opportunity to serve here was just humility. Yeah. Was there a specific event where where you became vulnerable or that, that humility kind of came back and um, bit you somewhere that you would have preferred that not to have happened. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a great question. It would take me another 45 minute podcast, but I will tell you this, it was probably at, uh, you know, a couple years I had been at that credit union for six, right. it was about 14 years in, I was the successor. I was, I was tracking mm-hmm. to be the CEO. And it was just one of those things where I, I, I had about a two year period of time where my CEO and I, who had all, we'd always worked really well, but we just had tension. We had tension yeah. for about two years yeah. that I believe really 
negatively impacted in very subtle ways, which, as you know, is very dangerous. Um, our organization, we had about 750 mm. employees, wow. and and I just couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure out, you mm. know, why, why are we having such, you know, and I remember one day talking to my dad and sharing it with him, and the true story, I, at the end of that conversation, I had been sharing this these uh, challenges or the way I felt for a couple sure. of years with my dad, and and at the end of this particular call, he said, I said, ah, I don't know, dad, I just, ah, I'm frustrated, and what do you think? And no kidding, he said, I'm glad you asked me. After two years, you've been vomiting on me all this, you know, and, and he began to just share some wisdom with me. And, and really, the, the most important thing that he said was, is, you know, I, I don't believe, son, that you're serving your, uh, your CEO, Rick, well. You think you're smarter than him. You, you know, very clearly, um, using your words, Todd, think you jump faster and run high, you know, jump higher and run faster than him. He said, listen, you've, you have to serve him and you have to serve him with humility. And, and, nice. and it, I, you know, it's, that's a hard, uh, um, thing Let's to hear from your dad. Yeah. Right. And I ended up, uh, just really focusing on that and, 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 you know, a lot of things happened w- between myself and my CEO. But, you know, one day my CEO just, I, I said, man, it feels like things are, you are, you and I are in a really good place. And he began, he told me, he said, yeah, the, exactly what my dad said. He said, wow. you know, I, I, I really do. Um, don't you, I, I've known over these past couple of years that you thought you could do this job better than me. Mm. He says, but always remember, I have more stripes on my arm than you do. And, <laughs> and he said, um, you know, he said, Todd, man, you're going to do great things. He said, but you know, you've, you've needed to learn, um, humility and respect and mm. respect. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that was a, it, it was an unbelievable, it was probably the, the Marcus, the most important and marking moment in my career. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, that vulnerability really tells us a lot about you, but also, you know, most of us have those type of turning points. I've had a few (laughs) along the way and, you know, they are, they do bring you to ground, right? And that's important. You mentioned culture a little bit earlier. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your company culture and and your your thoughts on building it. Uh, I would say our our culture has been uh, really about service to others. We always talk about helping a, a Coloradans afford life, and that, that, that you know. Again, I could take another podcast to to try to uh, unpack that, but you know what we've tried to 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 say is as a not a member owned not for profit financial cooperative, we have members. Right, every single day we want to be obsessed in terms of serving our members and, and helping them afford life, and really paying attention to what they're saying, and not just you know, um, making that whole thing, you know, about about a transaction, what we say in order to do that, you really, we really have to also even more importantly, learn to serve one another. We call it Mm. our canvas family, but your teammates and that, you know, how can I, how can we help one another be successful? And, and really it's, it's, it's a very purpose-driven organization. And, you know, we say, this is what our purpose is. And, and, and we've just talked about service, service to others. It's not about self. It's not about, it, mm. it's always about others. And that's really been our mantra over and over and over. And we talk about it. We try to um, work hard. We talk about grace and extending one another yeah. grace and extending our members grace as well. You know, when they get on the phone and they're angry about something 
And they're just trying to say, I just need you to help me with something. And uh, really, that's, I think, at the heart of, of the the transformation of our organization and, and, and of our cult. It's been about the culture. Um, I always joke and say, I want us to be the Chick-fil-A of financial services. Yeah. And that organization, I just, I have a man crush on Chick-fil-A. I really do. I, I just think that um, the way in which they serve their customers, uh, how in the world, I, I'll never figure out how do they get 16-year-old kids to be so nice and, yes, and care so deeply about serving customers. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be interviewing Dan Cathy a little bit later in the month. So we'll, we'll, we'll get that podcast over to you. <laughs> well, you, you need to tell him there's a guy that runs a credit union in Colorado who has a man crush on Chick-fil-A. I will introduce you to him. He's a fantastic individual. They are the standard. They are indeed. They are indeed. I remember the very first time I went there was the same thing as good. Why are these kids smiling about? <laughs> you know, why are they so happy? Yep. Now that's terrific. And you certainly do also have a very spiritual message with uh, the type of cultural comments you've made. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Todd, you've been very generous with your time, but I do have a couple of questions I, I want to go through with you and, and not hurry you with them. Um, you know, one of the things that, that of course, uh, our audience is, is interested in those that, of course, course are looking at the corner office for themselves or their own advancement as it relates to their careers you know what do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in oh shoot i am you know obviously you know you have to have the requisite skill sets and and uh, well i will say this we we make bet bet our bets on uh, or we're betting the farm i should say on um attitude heart mm-hmm. We're a little bit weird in terms of our language and the way we speak about, you know, love and, and, and heart and family and grace and things like that. I wouldn't call that weird at all, Todd. I'd say that's very, uh, very centered. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we listen for that. So the yeah. folks are on, on our people team uh, who are out there recruiting, um, you know, they're paying attention to that and not only paying attention and listening, but they're sharing the heart of our organization yeah, and who we yeah. are and what we're about. It's important. And, um, you know, they're listening to see how those people respond and react. And so how they self-select. Yeah. yeah. So, so you get it. You, you obviously have to have aptitude, but we care very, very deeply about attitude, very, very deeply about, um, whether or not these are going to be people who, um, care about people. I always say, yes. if you don't like people, it's just probably not the place you want to work yeah, because we right. care deeply and passionately about serving others. Last question for you. Um, we always ask this of all the CEOs, what, what career and life advice would you give to someone who's you know got their eyes on their own corner office uh, and perhaps uh, you know is in an industry similar to you or, or perhaps another industry? What, what are some of the key principles that you think are important for people to think about maybe, you know, a decade or two below you or behind you, perhaps in their time in their career? I always, that's a great question, Brent. I always just say it's, it's, you have to have a heart to serve others. You ha- yeah. it has to be about others. It can't be about yourself. You, it can't be about, um, if you are pursuing the corner office, if you will, for title, power, money, um, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Mm. If, if it, if it is a, um, if you're doing it in order to serve others and, and really, um, make a difference and make an impact, uh, for, you know, to, to help people's lives be better, you know, in our case, helping our members, um, you know, have a better life and afford life. Um, if you are doing it to, um, enrich the lives of, of the employees, your, your, your work family, 
then you're doing it for the right reasons. So I say that, and I just, and I also tell them, you have to work your tail off. You have to. Um, <laughs> no substitute for hard work. Yeah, you have to work your tail off, and you and you have to you have to do it in such a way that you, you have to believe nobody owes me a darn thing. Right. I have to right. earn it, and I have to earn it for all the right reasons. Todd Marksbury, CEO of Canvas Credit Union. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Brant, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brant, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode.